Hello, I'm attorney Paula Whalen from Afford Law. At Afford Law, we practice criminal and family law throughout Massachusetts. Our fees are all based on your income. What that means is the less you make, the less you have to pay for our services. I want to talk to you today about the importance of motions to suppress in a criminal matter in Massachusetts. What is a motion to suppress? Essentially what it is, it's a motion. So it's a, uh, what we have to do is uh, fill out a, a written form uh, submit that to the court, and then have an oral argument on that uh, request. And it's a request by us for the court to order that certain pieces of information will not come in at trial. So it will be excluded uh, at the time of trial. Uh, and these uh, these motions are critically important uh, in criminal matters because many times uh, your criminal case can be ended with a successful motion to suppress. So what happens is we are telling the court, we believe that there are certain pieces of information which were probably, um, you know, violated your rights the way they got it, um, or, you know, for some reason under the law should not be allowed to be presented to a jury in case your case goes to trial. So most typically uh, those, uh, those things fall into basically three broad categories, although there are many others as well. But the broad categories for motions to suppress are motions to suppress items that would include things such as guns uh, or drugs, uh, stolen items, allegedly stolen items, things along those lines. So in, in, no, in that kind of a situation, we're trying to tell the court, we want to keep these things out, Judge, because they were illegally obtained. Maybe there should have been a search warrant. There was an illegal search of some kind. Those are the types of things uh, that we look to uh, as the basis for a motion to suppress evidence, uh, items, that is. Uh, the other One of the other things is uh, motions to suppress statements. So if you make any incriminating statements to the police, uh, that can certainly come back to harm you. You know, the old uh, in the movies, they say you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. That's true. If you say something that's damaging to yourself, that can be used against you. So if you say anything that can be uh, viewed as an admission, so you are uh, saying that you did the, the crime, you're admitting to something um, that can be used against you, even if you don't testify. Ordinarily, that would be hearsay because they would call these whoever the witnesses that heard you say it. Let's say it was a, a police officer. They would call the police officer and on the stand they would say, "Did you, you know, speak with so and so uh, at this time?" Yes, I did. What did he said? He said, "I I pushed her uh, because I was angry." Um, you may not think that that's a terrible thing, but you've just admitted to uh, assault and battery. And if it was on a somebody, your girlfriend, your wife, your boyfriend, whatever it might be, um, you've just admitted to assault and battery on a family or household member or domestic violence. So um, sometimes we're trying to suppress that statement because it's very damaging to the case. Uh, and sometimes that's most or all of what the Commonwealth would have to proceed uh, at the time of trial. So if we can get that knocked out, uh, we can, uh, obviously we're in a much better position to try to get your case dismissed or at least get it dropped down to something uh, and have a favorable outcome for you. A third sort of category uh, of things that we try to suppress are uh, witness identifications. So if your case involves an eyewitness that picks you out of a lineup of a photo array or whatever it might be, uh, basically an eyewitness that says, that's the guy, he's the perpetrator, I saw him do the crime, whatever that crime might be. 
we may want to, we well may want to get that suppressed uh, and not have, not be brought into evidence because obviously that can be very damaging. And there are a number of ways that we do that. So we want to find out how the uh, identification took place. Was it an unnecessarily suggestive identification? That's a term of art. That means uh, it's something that uh, the courts have used to describe things that aren't uh, acceptable. So if it's an uh, unnecessarily uh, suggestive, you know, are you in handcuffs? Are you surrounded by police officers with the blue lights flashing? You're the only person there. It's what they call a show up, not a lineup. So the show up is just just you. You're not you're not standing with a bunch of other people that look like you. You're not being picked out of a photo array. It's just you. Uh, and if we can convince the judge that the uh, the eyewitness identification was unnecessarily suggestive, we have a good chance to get your case uh, to get that uh, eliminated. And at least the Commonwealth cannot use that witness identification. Uh, at time of trial against you. The reason why these motions to suppress are so important is without these critical pieces of information, the Commonwealth's case may well fall apart uh, and we could oftentimes ultimately get a dismissal for you. So let's take an example of a recent case that, we've, that we handled. So the police get called out to an alleged domestic disturbance. They show up, there's a couple there. There's our client, the male, and there's a, there's a woman there as well who called the police. Um, they take her statement, they say, we got into a verbal argument, and then he grabbed my arm. Uh, the, they talk to, the, uh, um, to our client, the, the male, uh, and as they, as they were there, they're, they're there in force. So there were like four police officers there in a room. Uh, basically, he was in a room. The officers were, were standing in front of the doorway, so he, he had no way to get out of the room. So we argue, and he said, he said yeah, I, I grabbed her by the wrist. So he thought that that was no big deal. A lot of times people think domestic uh, assaults have to do with slapping, hitting, kicking, that kind of force is used, but that's not the case. On any battery case, whatever kind, any offensive touching is considered a battery. So grabbing someone's wrist, that can be considered a battery if, if the victim and a reasonable person would believe that that was offensive. So in any case, he made what he thought was a, uh, a harmless statement to the police, but actually, he admitted to the crime. He said, I grabbed her by the wrist. <clears throat> so, of course, the Commonwealth will want to use that at time of trial. If, he, if we took that case to trial, they would call the police and say, did he say anything? Yes, he said that he grabbed her by the wrist. So there you go. Um, we were able to successfully argue that because the police were there in force, because he had no way to get out of the room, basically he was in custody at that point. And when they were asking him these questions, the questions they were asking went far beyond what they call a threshold inquiry. Uh, and they were asking him, uh, basically trying to get him to incriminate himself, which he did. So that was a what's called a custodial interrogation. So he was in custody and he was being interrogated. Therefore, he should have been advised of his Miranda rights. That's that uh, what we talked about just a second ago. You have the right to remain silent and so forth. They were He was not given his Miranda rights and he made that statement after being uh, being interrogated while in custody. We were able to successfully get those statements suppressed because of that, because he was in custodial, because uh, he was in custody and, and interrogated. Uh, so that couldn't come in. At the time of trial, the uh, alleged victim uh, didn't show up, so she wasn't testifying. They didn't have an admission that they would have had otherwise. Therefore, the case was dismissed, charges were dropped. So you can see how very vitally important motions to suppress are. As I say, in criminal cases, they can win or lose the case for you uh, right there prior to trial.
So that's sort of a uh, shorthand on uh, motions to suppress. Um, in uh, you know, some cases they're not they're not uh, appropriate. In a lot of cases, there are anything where there's a possession charge of whatever it might be, like I said, guns, drugs, uh, burglarious instruments, stolen items, whatever it might be, uh, a possession. You, you probably want to uh, you probably want to have a uh, motion to suppress, even if it's not successful, because uh, you're going to try everything, right? You run out all the ground balls, as they say in baseball. Um, so that's uh, that's something to keep in mind if your case has anything like that. But there's a number of things that can be tried to be suppressed, uh, and even if the whole case doesn't fall apart, we're chipping away at at the uh, at the Commonwealth's uh, case. Uh, in chief. So we're taking away their bricks that they're trying to build a house on. Uh, and so that their, uh, their case is a lot weaker, at least if we can't get it fully, uh, fully dismissed. Uh, at Afford Law, we do practice criminal and family law throughout Massachusetts. Please feel free to visit us at affordlaw.org and book a free virtual appointment with me. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have on any criminal or family law matters in Massachusetts. Our fees, as I say, are based on a sliding scale, which is based on your income. So that means the less you make, the less you pay for our services. Because at Afford Law, we're making justice affordable. Thank you.